Welcome to Small Business Big Network, the podcast for small business owners who want big results from their networking. I'm Liz Drury, a freelance voiceover artist who knows that if you're not working, then networking could help. Catherine Strachan is the founder and CEO of Copyhouse, a content marketing agency specialising in helping technology companies. Catherine says that without networking, her business probably would not exist. Thank you very much for being my podcast guest today, Catherine. No worries. Thank you for having me. Now, you're a content creator and a copywriter, but have you always worked in the marketing sector or did you come from from somewhere else? Yeah, well, I'm I'm not really a copywriter anymore. Uh, I used to be, but I now own a content marketing agency um, and the team do all the day-to-day stuff mm-hmm. and all the delivery. I haven't written anything in a really long time. I don't even know that I would know how to anymore. <laughs> I'm sure it's not a skill that you lose. <laughs> well, I tried recently and I didn't even know where to begin. You know, it's been probably two two years since I've actually written anything more than an email or social post. So I'm a, I haven't felt like a copywriter in a really long time. And yeah, it's not something that I would even know where to begin. Thankfully, we have a really strong creative team and a, a content director who oversees all that. And, you know, he, he's a real experienced one when it comes to content marketing. Yeah. Um, I mean, I know enough to be able to do strategies and to advise, but I, I could not do the actual doing. <laughs> so what is it that, that drew you to this sector? I've been, always kind of been in it. I mean, I I did a master's in modern literature. And then after I graduated my master's, you know, I was looking at what, what I could do with a master's in modern lit mm. um, and ex- tried an internship at a publishing company. But, you know, that wasn't quite for me. It mm-hmm. wasn't creative enough and kind of fell into copywriting. But I always say I was an accidental copywriter. <laughs> Um, and what I really should have been from the beginning was an entrepreneur, because that's really what I'm best at. Mm. I'm best at creating business strategies and leading businesses forward uh, and hitting sales targets and keeping numbers on track and doing everything like that rather than actually doing anything hands on creative. Mm-hmm. And when, when did you decide to set up your own agency? Um, well, I didn't. I don't feel like I actually really ever decided to <laughs> set up an agency. It more happened that I was a freelance copywriter. And as I said, you know, I was an accidental copywriter, but I was always an entrepreneur. So, you know, after a few months of doing that, it, it outgrew what I could do. So I started to look at, you know, ways to expand and to grow that. Um, and that, you know, naturally turned into hiring people and I started to hire and started to grow and as we started to grow I got more and more out of the day-to-day and into more of yeah overseeing the company and the company's future. Mm. And so what size is your team now how many people do you have working for you? 25 we have 25 full-time permanent employees. And whereabouts are you based and are they all based together or are they kind of spread out? We're based in the UK. Uh, they're all, since they're permanent employees, it's difficult to hire outside the UK due to international employment laws. We do have a few employees in Europe, um, but most are based across the UK, but we are fully remote. And how long has your business been going now? Uh, we've been, well, we started hiring in January 2020, so it's been three years of building an agency. Now, 2020 was um, 
quite a year, <laughs> as we all know. How did things change for you during the pandemic? Yeah, I mean, we didn't really exist before the pandemic. So pretty much everything about Coffee House has evolved and grown during the pandemic. I mean, before the pandemic, we were um, about three, four people when the pandemic first hit. Before then, we were quite generalists. So we did a lot of work in travel and recruitment. Um, we've always done a bit in technology, but back then we weren't specializing in it. And then the pandemic hit and, you know, we lost all of our travel and recruitment mm. clients because those are industries that are quite badly affected. And what we had to do is we had to look at, you know, what we did have. Um, and we saw that we had a lot in the technology and fintech space. So we niched down really hard and went after those spaces. Um, you know, we invested in our marketing and in our sales and our um, took on a Ned called Spencer Gallagher, who continues to act as a non-exec for Coffee House to this day and kind of really set the foundations for further growth. Um, so that that was pivotal to who we are. I mean, now mm -hmm. we only specialize in B2B technology. Mm -hmm. Um, and we don't really go outside that space. And what we do is really specialized and really niche. And yeah, everything that we've become has kind of grown out of that. I mean, we're fully remote. Um, most of the team were hired during the pandemic. Pretty much everything at Coffee House was shaped in some way by it because we didn't exist before mm. it. Yeah. And so so you're working largely with, with technology kind of companies. What do you do for them? So we're, we're a content marketing agency, so we can start at the beginning by doing content strategy and helping companies to build their core messaging and their customer avatars and doing competitor analysis and content audits and setting a content strategy. Once the content strategy is in place, we go into content production. So content production for us is copywriting, content design, and B2B social. So copywriting can be everything from ebooks and white papers to thought leadership articles. Uh, thought leadership articles, we interview subject matter experts and then use those insights to create really highly technical pieces. Mm -hmm. We do a lot of blogs and case studies and sales collateral as well. We can design everything that we write. So we can design the ebooks and white papers and the infographics, the social media assets and the brochures and everything like that. And then the other service that we do is B2B social. So that's primarily looking at LinkedIn, though we also are active on Reddit and Twitter and platforms that are very much in the B2B space. We create all the content for it. Um, and then we do the content posting and the community engagement and management so we can engage and build audiences on these platforms for our brands. And what kind of difference do your clients notice after they've been working with you for a while, would you say? Well, it depends on what service that we're offering because we offer quite a broad, broad service, you know, uh, but it always comes back to brand awareness. You know, if we're doing long form content, it improves SEO rankings as well and, you know, helps nurture their leads to the funnel because the B2B tech space is known for having really long sales cycles. You mm -hmm. know, they they operate with, you know, low volume leads. So they're not like a shoe company that needs hundreds of thousands of leads a month. They need a few handful of really high quality leads and they then need to nurture these leads for normally nine to 12 months um, before they actually buy. So, mm -hmm. you know, the content we create helps to nurture them through that sales cycle. So, you know, you have less fallout during the funnel and more ultimate conversions. So we help them 
create those relationships and, you know, solve problems and answer questions um, that their prospects might have, which makes their sales team easier, allows their sales team to have those connections at scale rather than, you know, needing to send an individual email every time they have the same question, Mm -hmm. you know, they can serve a piece of content that answers that question for them. So it plays quite a vital role in their their sales process and nurturing and building relationships and building brand awareness as well. Um, Quite a lot of our brands are doing things that are new and require an educational journey because Mm -hmm. they're often things that people haven't seen before and might be new or scary or Mm -hmm. unknown at the very least. So a lot of this content serves to educate people on to, you know, why they should need this new technology and also who the brand is. A lot of brands, especially in the B2B tech space, have very little brand awareness, Mm -hmm. um, if any at all. Um, So, yeah, that's kind of it in a nutshell. Mm. Now, I know that you you run a mentoring scheme. Tell me something about how that works. Uh, Yeah, I pay. I run a pay it forward Thursday session where people can get half an hour of of my time. Um, All they have to do is go on to the onto our website, onto that landing page, uh, and submit a request. I do only take one a week, so it does tend to book up Mm -hmm. a a fair while in advance. But it's essentially a half an hour session where you know you can get advice on your business challenge or on your career Um, and it's meant to help people who are maybe coming up behind me or people who you know need the advice and support um, but you know wouldn't necessarily be able to afford to pay for it. Mm. Is that something that you've been doing for a while? I think it's been running for about a year now yeah Um, and it's been quite successful it's normally booked out you know a fair while in advance But it's also quite a nice way to kind of funnel the people who I get asked a lot, you know, if um, they can have some time to pick my brain. And, Mm. you know, when you get asked that 10, 10, (laughs) 20 times a week, you know, it would be impossible to support everybody. Um, So it's a nice way to kind of support people that's manageable with my schedule as well, because Mm -hmm. my diary is chocker blocker full um i'm always at events and taking clients to lunches and doing lots of things that make it difficult to devote too much time um to brain picking yeah yeah now you mentioned events there and i know that um public speaking is something that else that you do so what kind of topics do you speak on and and where do you get asked to speak yeah i mean i i do i do a lot of speaking i probably do about one event a week um, it depends. I do a lot of podcasts, but I've been doing a lot of like in-person conferences this year as well, which is super great. I have an event coming up in a few weeks with SEMrush. So we will be speaking about um, how to build an audience in a new category. So how to create demand when your audience doesn't even know that your product exists, mm-hmm. which will be a really interesting topic. I'm going to be joined by the head of marketing from Xbox. Um, and we're going to be talking about, yeah, about how to build demand for new audiences and new, new, new categories. So that will be really exciting. Yeah. Um, it, I do a lot of public speaking on things like growing an agency on fa- fast paced agency growth, um, but also on content marketing, though, 
a, a bit less so as our content director starts to take center stage on that and really be seen as the expert in content marketing at Coffee House. But I still do a bit of speaking around content marketing um, and yeah, on entrepreneurship and leadership and innovation and company growth. Yeah. So let's have a chat about networking now then. How do you use networking in your business? Yeah, well, I've always had a networking goal. Um, so my networking goal, I've tried to meet 50 new people every month um, for a long time now. And yeah, it's it's been massively helpful. It's helped to open so many doors, um, both for, you know, public speaking, but also for but also for um, business, new business opportunities and, you know, friendships as well. So uh, a lot of a lot of the world is, you know, who, you know, rather than just Mm -hmm. what, you know, there's a lot of people out there who know similar things to you or, you know, do a similar thing to you. But it's really about those personal connections and meeting people and helping people and, yeah, just being nice all all around (laughs) so where where do you go to to meet those people um depends I mean I used to have to try a lot harder to meet that many people these days I I go to a lot of events so it tends to be in-person events these days I mean I did it during the pandemic when everything was online and I used to have to try really hard so you know I'd outreach to like and asked people for coffees and groups that I was part of, like Agencynomics, but also, you know, was on Lunch Club, which is an online networking platform. But as life has gone back to in-person events, it's a lot easier. I probably go to about three events a week. And, you know, at an event, you can easily meet seven new people. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, you've met 21 people in a week. Yeah. Yeah. um, If you go to three a week. So, I mean, that, that goal, while it may sound lofty, all you really have to do is go to one in-person event uh, a week and say hi to seven people. So it's a really easy thing to accomplish these days um, and doesn't require too much effort to get to get off the ground and running. Mm-hmm. What do you think would happen uh, to your business if you stopped networking? Oh, geez. I don't think it would exist. <laughs> I mean, I, uh, I, I'm constantly networking and, you know, sometimes it's networking with people that I already know. So it's taking clients to lunches or, you know, hosting events. So we have a big CMO round table this week at Sushi Samba. That was a very exclusive invite only. Uh, CMOs from some of the biggest tech brands are going to be coming to Sushi Samba for a round table event where we're going to be talking about marketing strategy for 2023. And I mean, these are all people that I already know, but um, maybe haven't seen in a little while or, yeah, um, maybe haven't even talked to in, you know, a few months. Mm -hmm. And, you know, being able to invite them to something opens the doors. It allows us to build relationships with them, you know, help them build relationships with the other people who are in the room. It's going to be a really great event. But so we host our own events and we do yeah we do a lot of networking um in lots of different ways but it's really just about building relationships and connections yeah yeah networking over sushi sounds great do do you think it helps if there's food involved (laughs) i mean i think everything helps if there's food involved um it's sushi samba is one of my favorite restaurants in london so i'm really looking forward to it 
Um, it depends on what you're doing, but yes, normally. I mean, I do a lot of lunches, and lunches are great because you spend two hours with somebody and you really get to know them because you mm. probably spend an hour and a half of that talking about non-work yep. stuff and yep. then the last half an hour talking about work stuff and it almost always opens up opportunities for additional projects and work and work related stuff but only only a small fraction of that time is actually spent talking about work yeah yeah definitely so why would you encourage other business owners to get out there and network I mean, I think you kind of have to network if you're going to have a business. I think, you know, businesses don't exist in isolation. They don't, ex- you know, you're not an island unconnected to any other business or an- unconnected to any other person. And, you know, businesses, any type of business is built on people. So you have to build connections. You have to build bridges um, or you're going to be a very lonely, very isolated island. Mm. And I don't think your business would survive. So I don't think that you can have a business and not have a network. You know, you may not see it as networking because what you might be doing is, you know, going for lunches with other coworkers or friends. And, you know, you may not see it as networking because it doesn't necessarily have to be, you know, going into a room of 100 strangers and, you know, um, socializing mm-hmm. in a way that, you know, might make more introverted people feel awkward. Mm-hmm. But, you know, you can't have a business with no relationships. I think that would be almost impossible. So I think it just depends on how you define networking and doesn't have to be, you know, a big cringy room. And actually, once you start networking as well, those rooms start being so cringy because you normally know at least one face there. And then you go and say hi to the person, you know, and they're normally talking to somebody else. And then you say hi to them. And, you know, it just makes it a lot easier because you're not walking into a room with strangers. You're walking into a room where you maybe know five of the faces and then meeting five new faces. So. Most of the time when I go to events now, I almost always know somebody there. Um, and that makes it a lot easier to go into a big environment or to go into a big conference because you're not you're not alone. Yeah. Um, yeah, absolutely. I agree with everything you've just said. <laughs> it definitely gets easier as you go on. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Once you know people. Um, and it stops being scary as well because you realize that like everybody's in that room to be yeah. to network. Yeah. So yeah. you know you're not bothering anybody. Everybody's there for the same reason. Everybody's nice because you know if you weren't a nice person, you probably wouldn't be in that room. Yeah. Um, and everybody you know is there to have a little bit of a chat and do small talk and you know have those sorts of conversations. So you know once you realize that you know you're not imposing on anybody, um, you know you're not you're not making anybody feel awkward because you're having, you know, the conversation that everybody's kind of there to have. Mm-hmm. Um, it stops being so scary as well. Yeah, definitely. So just finally then, Catherine, if people are interested in finding out more about you and about Copy House, what's the best way for them to find you? Well, check out our website. It's brand new as in November. Um, so check out our website. Follow me on LinkedIn. I post pretty much every day so I have a pretty big personal brand uh so follow me on LinkedIn or drop me an email lovely well thank you very much for being my guest and um, the best of luck with everything this year oh thank you thank you for having me thanks for listening to small business big network if you found this podcast useful please do rate review and subscribe and don't forget to share it with the rest of your network too